0: Now one time I got my car stuck in the mud and that doesn't sound like that impressive of a story but the reason that it's a ridiculous story is I got my car stuck in the mud while my lawnmower was stuck with a battery being dead and I almost got my van stuck in the mud at the same time. So let me explain. So we were kind of doing some April yard cleanup, you know. It was last April and had the lawnmower and had a little wagon behind the lawnmower. And we were kind of going, filling it up with branches and with sticks and, you know, that type of thing. We were going to build a burn pile and just kind of clean things up. And the lawnmower died. But the lawnmower's battery died in the furthest possible point in my, like, three-acre yard. It was as far away from the garage as you possibly can get. I mean, you could barely see the garage, of course, right? And so the lawnmower's dead, and I had a bright idea. I mean, famous last words. I decided that I was going to pull my not four-wheel drive Honda Accord around to the back Nine of my you know yard in April when it's muddy, and so that's what I did. I we kind of pulled that you know f- not four wheel drive Honda Accord back there, and it actually it actually worked, and so you know the lawnmower it, it we charged it we jumped the lawnmower and my son who was nine at the time was you know, kind of driving the lawnmower back up to the garage so that we could use kind of a battery charger to get it going again. I'm following behind and feeling kind of good about myself, to be honest with you. And then, then I felt it, you know? Ow! Like you felt being stuck in mud or in snow. I mean, if you're from Indiana, you felt it. And it was, it was like cement had wrapped its arms around my tires. Like that thing wasn't going anywhere. And so I did what any self-respecting Indiana boy would do. I, I start the rock, you know? Like, you rock it back and forth. You get out of there. You know what I'm saying? And so I did that, although I didn't do that. What I actually did was just spin the wheels so deep I probably should have called, you know, like the local services because I was digging so deep it was like starting to get close to stuff, you know? And so I was in a panic, like making so much noise. We were so stuck. And then Asher turned you know, behind him and he saw that I was stuck and he heard the noise. So he jumped off the lawnmower, right? What a conscientious nine-year-old boy, except for the fact that now the lawnmower is dead again. And so, you know, the car is stuck and, and the lawnmower is stuck. And I'm just, I mean, getting angry or my blood pressure is going up. Like, what are we going to do? And, and I push and I pull and Asher pushes and pulls. And so I did what any self-respecting man would do. I called my wife and I said, hey, Ab like, can you pull the not four-wheel drive van around to help get this car out? And she said, no. Because I married up, really, is the reality of that. And so she said, no, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of help. I'm going to go and I'm going to steer and, you know, Asher, and you can push. And I tell you what, I pushed with all of my might. I mean, I pushed with every muscle in my body. I mean, I pushed as hard as I possibly could. At one point, I even got on my back and pushed with my feet, which is a terrible idea. But I stopped caring about the mud. I stopped caring if I was safe. I stopped caring if any of this was a good idea, although it wasn't a good idea at all. Like, I just, I put everything into it. And if it moved an inch, it moved an inch south, like down into the ground, if anything. Like, it definitely didn't move forward. And I start to think through, like, what am I going to do? How am I going to explain to my neighbors this new? lawn ornament that's in my yard? Like, do we put a, like a gnome on top of it and go like, it's just in fashion now. Like, what are we going to do now? My, my neighbor comes by and he sees the predicament that I'm in. He has a four wheel drive truck and all the right tools. And we get out lickety split. And he didn't even make fun of me. uh, like out loud. He probably did in his head, but he didn't out loud, but it got me thinking like, we can probably relate to situations where we were putting everything into it and it just seems maybe a little heavier than we want it to be. I think we can relate to having something in our lives that is so heavy, so immovable, so difficult and we put our whole strength into pushing the weight, into escaping the situation that we're in and we think and we plan and we push and we pull and we put our shoulder into it and we ask for help and we've done everything we can in our own strength And still, it seems absolutely impossible to escape the situation that we're in. Can you relate? I mean, is there something like that in your life? I mean, there are so many things like Relationships that can be difficult to navigate, right? And they can weigh us down. And you might be in the middle of a situation or you might have a, a friend or a spouse or a significant other or a parent or a child and you're like, I've, I'm doing everything I can and nothing's changing. Or maybe it's like something in your past or a fear or a failure maybe it's abuse or pain or hurt or suffering maybe it's a dream that isn't realized and you're like I'm never going to be able to be a mom or dad or I'm never going to be able to like achieve the the job that I'm hoping for or maybe it's things like depression or cancer or or addiction and you have the website you click on or the thing you drink or the thing you inject or the thing that you smoke or whatever it is and you're like there's nothing that I could possibly do I promise you Adam, I have pushed and I have pulled and I have put my weight into it and this is something that I can't move with all of my strength. Is there something like that that's weighing you down? Now I can relate. It's not a secret, actually, I've talked about it up here on the stage before that I, uh, I struggle with anxiety and it's the type of anxiety where my heart is racing, you know, my thoughts are racing I'm panicking, you know, and sometimes there's a reason, you know, I'm worried about something or someone or something I did or something that's about to happen. Those are the easier ones because I can kind of think through it. But I have to be honest with you. There are times that I am just in the middle of anxiety and I just can't quite put my thumb on why. And the same things are happening. And I feel this weight, this burden, this push, this, I sometimes call it this big, bad, bulky boulder that's just kind of hanging around my neck and it's just pushing me down. And I tell you what, I have been told how to get rid of it a bunch of times in my life. I read the books, I've read the blogs, I've talked to people, i went and gone to see a counselor, which was super helpful. I took medicine, which was super helpful. Like I pray about it all the time. I've been told to pray more about it and that's super helpful, but I have to tell you, and it's still there and it still weighs me down so what do we do we have these these stones these rocks these boulders in our lives that weigh us down that we can't quite seem to roll away Now, in the story of Easter, I think that there are some people who are in some pretty heavy situations. They seem unmovable. They seem impossible. So if there is something that's weighing you down that you can't move, no matter how much you give to it, I think that there's hope. And I want to tell you about these three amazing women who know exactly how you feel. Their names are Mary Magdalene, Mary, mother of James, and Salome. Let me give you a little bit of context. Mary Magdalene is a follower of Jesus, and she actually was there. She saw Jesus die on the cross with her own two eyes. She was there when he breathed his last breath, when he had been whipped and beaten and his flesh was torn. She was there when he was put up on this wood, this cross, and was hung there to rot. She was there when he succumbed to the torture. And Mary Magdalene was also there when people took Jesus down off of the cross and carried him and placed him into the side of a mountain, into a tomb. See, these ladies knew Jesus pretty well. Mary Magdalene actually traveled with him and with his disciples, his followers. And Mary, mother of James, is actually the same Mary at Christmas. It's Mary, mother of Jesus too. And so these two ladies who knew him really well were at the cross. They were at the tomb. And then this other woman, Salome, decided, okay, we're gonna do something. We're gonna go to the tomb. And that's really where we're gonna pick up our story here in Mark 16, starting in verse 1. Check this out. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of Jesus, and Siloam went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. So can you imagine, put yourself in this situation. What was this like? It's still dark. And they had seen the most important person in their lives murdered. He's dead in their minds. He's laid in a tomb. And they decide they're gonna honor him. They're gonna treat him well. So they went and got spices. Well, why would they do that? Well, it is a kind and loving thing to do, but they went not got the spices because it masks the smell of a rotting corpse. See, they wouldn't got the spices because they actually thought he was, he was dead. And they get up and they get the spices, but there's a problem. And there's a, a problem that they haven't anticipated. Now they could have, they could have seen it come in, but it's just kind of a conundrum. Have you ever been in that situation where where you see something and you're like, "Oh, I could have thought about that, but I didn't. I didn't even think about it. I didn't think ahead." Now, what type of person are you? Do you are you a think ahead person, or are you a fly by the seat of your pants winging it person? If you don't know, here, here's my test. How do you pack for a trip? I mean, if you're still packing, putting, shoving stuff in the suitcase while you're walking out to the airport, you might be a winging it person. If you make spreadsheets like me, you might be a preparation person. I mean, I'm the type of person that like on a two day trip, I put like seven pairs of underwear in there. I don't know what I think is going to happen. Like I've never needed that many in two days. Like, like I can't buy underwear in Georgia or wherever I'm going. Like, I don't understand why I do that. But there are kind of two types of people. But either type, like it doesn't really matter. They didn't see this problem coming. See, they went and got the spices and they anticipated what they were going to do. But then, starting in verse 2, very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb and on the way, they were asking each other, uh, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? Like, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? They couldn't move this stone. That had been placed there right in front. I mean this is the same question I think that we wonder, that we ask, that we cry out, that we seek help for, that we pray to God for like we we are going, who in the world will roll away the stone? It's too heavy. My finances are in shambles. Who's going to roll away the stone? My marriage is destroyed. Who's going to roll away the stone? No matter how much I try, I cannot control my anger or I cannot control my lust or I cannot control my envy. Who in the world is going to roll away the stone? I'm lonely or I'm sad or I'm sick or I'm anxious. Who is going to roll away the stone? And if we're honest, the answer to the question is nobody. We just go through our lives, and it's there weighing us down forever. And sometimes we learn how to work around it. Sometimes it crushes us. Sometimes it damages us or damages our relationships. But listen, the ladies at the tomb, I think that they can relate. And their weight is heavy. And just like them, we fully expect the stone to stay put. See, they ask the question like, Who's going to do this? And here's why Mary Magdalene thought the stone would stay put. She had some really good reasons. We have really good reasons why we think the stone will stay put too. Another follower of Jesus, his name is Joseph of Arimathea. He actually put the stone there. This is how the stone got there in the first place. He went and he asked if he could bury Jesus and he got permission and then check this out. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long sheet of clean linen cloth. That was the custom. He placed it in his own new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. And then he rolled a great stone, a heavy stone, a significant stone across the entrance and left. And both Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, Mary Mother of Jesus, were sitting across from the tomb and watching. See, they knew that the stone was too big for them to move because they saw it. They saw how heavy it was. Now, I want to show you a picture of a tomb. And this isn't like the picture that we put on Instagram, you know, with like the sunrise and like the lilies and you know, all that stuff. The reason that I want you to see this is this is actually a pretty common looking tomb. And depending on the type of stone used, this stone right here could be between one to two tons, which I'm like, well, that's one to two isn't bad. Well, that's 2000 to 4000 pounds. Just right here intentionally put there not to move, not stuck in the mud like my car, right? Usually the tombs at this time had had stones actually set into grooves in the front of the entrance, secured by this rock wall so it wouldn't fall over. You couldn't push it from the inside. So to close it, the stone would have been rolled downhill. And to open the tomb, somebody would have to roll a 4,000-pound rock uphill, I was trying to think, of how, do we, how do we put this into context for today? So I want to introduce you to Brian Shaw. Brian Shaw is a World's Strongest Man record holder. He actually has a record in 2016 for rocks like this called Atlas Stones. And the record he set was for 550 pounds. That's significant. Can you imagine, even somebody who has prepared... For this, who has trained for this, struggling or maybe not being able to roll a four thousand pound rock uphill, see it was possible to open the tombs, but the tombs were intentionally made easy to open or easy to close and hard to open there 's even more reason though. So not only was the stone super heavy, see the priests and the Pharisees, those responsible for murdering Jesus, they remembered that Jesus said that, okay, I'm gonna rise again in three days. They remembered what he said. So they went to the Roman ruler of the time, Pilate, and they asked him for help to make sure that that didn't happen. So we request that you seal the tomb until the third day. This will prevent his disciples from coming and stealing his body and then telling everyone he was raised from the dead. That's what they were worried about. And if this happens, we'll be worse off than we were at first. They're not gonna like the end of the story, by the way. Pilate replied, take guards and secure it the best you can. So they sealed the tomb and posted guards to protect it. Now it would have been difficult to open the tomb before. Now it's darn near impossible to open it. With guards, it's sealed, it's heavy. The stone wasn't going anywhere. We fully expect the stones, the weight, the burden, the hurt in our lives to stay put. And we think we don't have the strength or we don't have the time or we don't have the help or we don't have the resources. You know, my grief is too much or my anxiety is too much or my hurt is too much or my dream is too far away. See, there's no hope. Do we have that weight in your life? Do you have that weight in your life? Do you feel it, the heaviness of that stone? And you might be here today and you might be looking for some hope and you're thinking or you're feeling or you're crying out and you're going... It is too much for me to move this stone on my own. And you're right. That's the hope of Easter. So what happened next? See these three ladies come in and see the tomb, and it's early on Sunday morning, and this is what happens next. Check this out. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it like it ain't no thing. His face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear. When they saw him, they biffed. I mean, they fell into a dead faint. It was too much for them. Imagine what this would have been like for these ladies. Imagine what was going through their heads. They were in the middle of literally saying, who will roll away the stone? And then God goes, watch this. Mary Magdalene didn't roll away the stone. Jesus' mom didn't roll away the stone. The guards didn't. Joseph of Arimathea didn't. The disciples didn't. They didn't even have to try. They didn't even get a chance because God rolls away the stone. That's what he does. That was the plan the entire time. See, history and time and God's will kind of intertwining and intersecting in a way that nobody was anticipating or expecting. So think about this from God's perspective. He created the universe and humans messed it up. We fell short of his standard. We sin and he loves us anyway. And he sent Jesus to be born and he lived a perfect life. And Jesus was led to this unfair death On the cross to pay the price for where we fall short, for our mistakes, for our sin. He's laid lifeless in a tomb. The stone is heavy and it is placed there, intentionally put there to not move. It is sealed. There are guards and all seems lost and it is dark, but God rolls away the stone. That's the hope of Easter because of Easter. These stones in our life, they, they aren't a symbol of the weight and the pain and the strife anymore. These stones are a symbol of God's power. These stones are a symbol of God's provision in the middle of our pain, in the middle of our strife, in the middle of our suffering. Right smack dab in the middle of this story, God rolls away the stone because it's not that hard for him. And we think, okay, Jesus is dead. Just like in the middle of this story, we think this stone is too big, but God is bigger and he's more powerful and he's perfect. And he raises Jesus from the dead and death is conquered because of Easter. And God rolls away the stone and new life is ushered in and hope is found because the stone has been rolled away. And the guards faint because they can't handle it earthquakes happen, angels show up because God rolled away the stone and the women are stunned. And check this out, this is what happens next. Then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid. They say that a lot. It must be terrifying to see an angel. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. Check this out. He is risen from the dead. I love this. Just as he said would happen. He has been telling you that this would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. So what weight do you have in your life? Because you might be asking the same question that I'm asking because I go, I believe it. I'm excited. But I tell you what, does, does he always? Does he always move the heavy stuff out of our life? Friends, I still have anxiety. And I do believe that God rolls away the stone. But I still have grief. And I still have pain. And my guess is you do too. So what do we do? What does it mean in our lives today that God will roll away the stone? And there are two things I want to talk about. Here's the first one. God provides a way out. See, here's the truth. See, nothing is impossible with God. He could move mountains if he chooses because he created them. So God does have the power and God does provide. And even when we say we don't understand, he's like, hey, I will do this just like I said, it would happen because God is in control and he is loving and he does care. And Jesus is alive and God does roll away the stone by providing a way out. So sometimes, this is what this means. He takes a stone in our lives and he just obliterates it. It's just like, <laughs> It's gone. And I've seen it happen in my own life. Maybe you've seen it happen. He provides a way out of addiction or he provides a way out of a broken relationship and a a relationship you think is just gone and there's no way he brings it back together or he, he provides a way out of this cycle of sin or this hurt or this pain or this suffering. He takes it away or he gives strength or he gives forgiveness or he gives grace or he gives community or he provides the dream. See, he has the power, he uses the power and he provides a way out. So this is one option because he desires for us to be free from the boulder in our life. He wants us to have hope. But here's another version. See, God is still rolling away stones and he can give you a way out, just completely blow it up, or he can guide a way through. I still have anxiety. I've asked God to obliterate the stone multiple times in my life. And maybe you have something in your life that's the same, but I need to tell you, my anxiety has given me more opportunity to talk and share the love of Jesus than anything else in my life. And I'm a pastor. God has decided to use this thing that I have asked him to take away over and over and over again for his good to show love to other people. And I also tell you that there is nothing in my life that causes me to rely on Jesus more than the stone because he doesn't want me to remove it on my own. He wants to roll it away. See, God guides us through, he helps us through no matter what. He gives us perspective. He allows us to rely on the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the most strong and faithful and loving being ever, even when we're hurting or even when we're grieving or even when we feel the weight of the stone in our lives because that's how strong he is and that's how much he loves you. See, the hope of Jesus is even in the midst of the difficult stuff, God is there. How amazing is that? The hope of Jesus is that there is eternal hope because of the cross and an empty tomb. And if we believe in Jesus, we not only have the hope of heaven, which I believe where there are no more stones to roll, but we also have a hope that we can experience today because of what he is doing in our lives. Because God is strong enough to conquer death. God is strong enough to bring Jesus back from the dead and he is strong enough to roll away the burden in our lives. And sometimes God rolls away the stone by providing a way out and that is incredible and we celebrate that. And sometimes God guides a way through and that is also incredible and we celebrate that. But make no mistake, God is still in the business of rolling away stones. Now I'd like for you to hear an example of that from Matt. Matt has quite a story, kind of a literal grave into gardens type of story where God rolled away some huge difficulties. He didn't necessarily take them all away, but he used people and circumstances and celebrate recovery. And and really, this is an amazing reminder that God is still rolling away stones.
1: Hi, my name is Matt Evans, and I am in recovery and have been for um, 18 months. My story starts off... um homeless and um in a graveyard and to be honest with you um at one point I had a lot of things I had houses I had my kids um and then it seemed like overnight I had nothing and I was all alone and I was an RN for about 16 years and uh it was shortly after I started my career as a nurse um I started slipping downhill and, and it was easy to do, you know, they needed us to work 36, 48 hours in a row. And sometimes, you know, you were too tired to work. You didn't want to work. So you need something to keep you up. So I started off with pain pills and then that went from pain pills to Adderall to, to meth. And then, um, you know, before I would know it, I was justifying the fact that I wasn't using a needle. So it was okay and, and on down the line. And, um, I had a career that many people, would feel honored to have and and that was gone almost in less than a week i was that way for a while and and i was justifying you know why this is okay and how is this is okay and 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 because it's okay and and on down the line and and finally I, I i had enough i got myself um out of the cemetery uh because my dad basically told me that i needed to find somewhere else to go or he was going to have to big, uh, dig a hole because that's what was going to happen i was going to end up hurting myself or or um killing myself with all the drug use that was going on so I went to rehab in Franklin a um, little place called Tara treatment center I graduated there and I moved up here to Columbus and um, I moved into this place called the Whitney house you know I went I went into that place with without even thinking there was a higher power out there at all and now I wake up every day thanking my higher power for waking up And at one point in my life, I would wake up and be upset because I woke up. CR attracted me at first because it was um, something that I thought I knew more about than I actually did. Um, Coming into it, I thought I I, I understood everything. And and as soon as I sat myself down in the chair the first time, and the very first lesson I I listened to was CR 101. And it was basically when it started, how it started, what it was all about. And... um, hurts, habits, and hangups. Whenever they start talking about that, I thought, you know what? It's not just about um, substance abuse, it's also about other things too. You know what I mean? It could be shopping, it could be religion, it could be anything on down the line. And I I was just curious. And always in my life, I I had to be, or try to to know as much as I possibly could. So it was something that I didn't know about. And when I sat down in that chair the very first night, I was stuck. I've told my kids almost every time I talked to them on the phone, Um, about my CR experience and and what it's like and and what it's like to have God in your life. And, you know, it's also, I just tell them how amazing it is to have people in your life that you like, like I met at the Ridge that have touched me in such a way that it's, you know, it's, it's almost indescribable. You know, I came into this thinking that there wasn't a God. And now I pray to him two, three times a day. My life is a life that I'm living every day that I never thought I deserved at all. They showed me that, uh, you know, all those all those years that I thought that God was mad at me or He was punishing me, it wasn't about that at all. He was right behind me the whole time. I just didn't turn around. The best way I know how to sum it up is that before I was living my life reckless. Now I'm living my life safe, and I'm slowing down and enjoying the moment. And God's with me every single day. There's not a there's not a moment that goes by that I don't I don't thank Him for everything that He's done it's an amazing life and I can't wait to show everybody else and help out as many people as I can on down the line.
0: I believe that God is in the business of rolling away stones and I also know that today you might still feel the weight of one of these stones in your life. So what do you do? Because we so deeply want God to roll them away. Now, under each seat, you've probably already noticed that we we put a stone there for you. And I'd encourage you right now, go ahead and pick up that stone. Hold it in your hand. Maybe look at it. Feel the weight of it. What does this stone represent in your life? I mean, what's coming to mind for you? Is it a relationship that's weighing you down? Is it the foreclosure you know is sitting on your counter right now? Are you struggling with something, a chronic illness, a mental illness? Are you grieving something? Has a dream died? It could be all sorts of different things. So here's what I'd like for you to do right now. I'd like for you to take a Sharpie. It's there in the seat back in front of you. If you're in the front row, it's there on the ground right under you. I'd like for you to take a Sharpie and just put a word or put a picture that would remind you of what that stone represents in your life. See, on my rock, I wrote anxiety. I didn't put my initials on it. I didn't put my name on it or anything like that. But this rock represents something that is still weighing me down in my life. And that rock that you have in your hand, we think it represents the thing that's weighing us down, that we can't move with all of our might. So here's my hope. For today, Here's the hope of Easter. See, God rolls away the stone. He did on Easter. He can for you today. He can provide a way out. He can guide a way through. But make no mistake, the stone that's weighing you down is nothing compared to the power of God. So what we'd like for you to do, what I'm going to challenge and invite you to do, is while the band is playing here in just a moment, you have this opportunity to come right up here and put your stone down to lay it down. And when we do that, it's acknowledging that God is providing a way out, that you believe that God rolls away stones and not just any stone, but that stone. And that not only is he maybe giving you a way out, he is also going to show you a way through. He's going to guide you. You're putting down the weight. You're surrendering it. You're saying, I believe that God will roll away the stone, not because of anything that I do, but because of how great he is. That he did it at Easter and he's doing it today. And you might see there are stones all across the front. Actually, we prayed for the stones last night that people came forward and and gave. And I made sure to take time to pray for all of these stones that were done even in the service right before you, because I believe that these things, the things that say anxiety and cancer and grief and hurt and addiction and insecurity are stones that are being or have already been rolled away. So we invite you to do the same. Before you have a chance to do that, I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I believe that you are in the business of rolling away stones and that there are things in our life right now, hurts and burdens and significant things that are going on that we need you. We need to rely on you. And you so desperately wants to give us the way out or show us the way through. And we ask we ask for your help in doing that. I pray that the people here in these words right now feel prompted even though it's awkward and even though it's a little uncomfortable that, that we feel prompted to come and lay a burden down. I mean, I have so many burdens that I could lay down here. Whatever that stone is representing whatever came to mind, that you would just release them from that. They would surrender that to you right now because of the hope that comes and the power that you've shown and the new life that is true because the cross leads to an empty tomb. And you've already rolled away the stone. We love you. And it's because of Jesus, King of King and Lord of Lords, we pray. Amen.